one of the big problems with young and, and where his, his model fails to be honest from my perspective and i think Pauline would agree on this is that he is essentially a dualist he he did not escape from that cartesian dualism problem that psyche is somehow separate to matter and that's that causes all sorts of problems particularly with archetypes when he worked at the level of complexes he clearly understood the psychophysiology and even the psychosocial elements of complexes. He demonstrated them empirically, scientifically, did all proper measurements. He did a magnificent job of that. But as soon as he went into the deeper parts of the psyche and started to hypothesize these things that he called archetypes, he then banged up against instincts. And he acknowledged the reality of instincts and he started to talk about this archetypal hypothesis of his as being the self-portrait of instincts. In other words, the instincts author the archetypes. Then he tripped over himself again and says, you can't experience an archetype in itself. But he just said that about the instincts. And then he says, well, it's difficult. I've never been able to do it, to draw a line between the two. And then he says, they're the opposite ends of a spectrum. And he also says, uh, you can't imagine a more polarized pair than instincts and archetype, because archetype is as spirit as instinct is to physiology. And he goes on like that, he gets more and more mystical, and somehow the psyche is this ephemeral thing that's separate somehow from matter. Well, remember, he had no idea about endocrinology. None. None. He didn't know how information could be moved. He, he called it transformation, how things transform from physiology into psychology he said i don't know the mechanism of how that happens and he suggested no one would ever know it is known now how that happens and the basic problem for Jung was is that he was, he was a dualist in just about every way he separated psyche and soma psyche was some other kind of substance to, to the body in the same way that descartes would have done and did do and he also saw polarities in the psyche everywhere everything had to be understood in terms of opposites he talks about them all the time. And the problem with that is then that the nuances of the, the distance between these two polarities, they obviously do exist, but those nuances, are, which is where the transformation and changes takes place, he couldn't model it. He only ever talked about opposites. Everything was opposite, even down to his religious ideas. And uh, like the ego, the shadow, the self, and the, 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 the godlike parts of the self, and then the, the dark side of the self. What about all the bits in between? What is this self thing anyway? You know? And he acknowledged the psychosocial part of archetypes, because he quoted Claude Levy Brule and Emmett Durkheim, an anthropologist and a sociologist, respectively. And their model of collective representations, the cultural representations of narratives that were inherited and transmitted through culture and then internalized. He acknowledged these. But somehow archetypes were mystical and they weren't even biology and they weren't even in society. Somehow they were something else. And that, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Since his death, nearly 60 years ago, an awful lot of developments have occurred. Great developments in genetics, great uh, developments in something called dialectical identity theory of mind, for example. Brain and mind are the same thing. They're just resolved into different technical languages. And the job 
of scientists is to translate between those languages. Now information moves between these different levels of representation. As soon as you accept that, polarity just goes out the window. There, there, there is no polarity, there's none. Like George Engel said about holistic levels and reductionistic levels, there's none. There's just this bandwidth of representation of the same thing that occurs simultaneously. So yes, archetypes have a neurological substrate. They have a genetic substrate. They have a psychological representation that you can experience through Jung's archetypal image. They have a psychosocial representation to all of those things. And this is why we talk about the genomic self, that if the self is anything, it must have a biological correlate. That must come first. And you can then think of the psychological idea or construct of the self as a Jungian archetype will be a projection of the genome in a form that can be represented or experienced conceptually and as an image and then projected into culture and then bounce back in again. But of course, you can't experience the totality of the self archetype because you're asking somebody to experience the totality of the genome. And what, how does Jung solve this? Well, he says that psychology for him is limited to something that can be potentially conscious. So anything that you can't potentially bring into consciousness is not psychological. Well, that makes sense within its little box. But then you see that he, he talks about archetypes. You can't experience them. Well, why is that? Well, you just can't because they're somehow across the horizon, the psychoid horizon. They, you can't make them conscious. Well, that means... Professor Jung, that you're saying that archetypes are not psychological. So what are they? They must be biological. If they are inherited in any sense at all, they are genetic. Well, they can't just be that because they have a psychosocial representation. Yeah, so a systems model models more accurately what archetypes are. They're all of these things. But again, to him, he contradicts himself deeply. Also because complexes have a physiological element, he discovered them. He discovered this, he showed the scientific correlation between psychological and physiological levels of simultaneous representation. And yet for him, the, the purely physiological is not psychology. Then there's something wrong with psychology. Psychology is psycho-reductive. It reduces everything to that level of analysis, description and explanation, and it is incomplete. It cannot address the kind of things that come into a psychotherapist consulting room because people aren't just abstracted psyches they have a biology they have a psychology they have a social context a cultural context and so on all of these things simultaneously so the power of Jung's model to explain things runs out very very quickly and disappears into woo-woo and fantasy and Cartesian dualism I would suggest but not uh, try to force this on anyone that the people consider that because it's liberating once it is accepted if you don't accept it you'll be in a mess because you won't be able to match you won't be able to map young onto anything else outside of himself he becomes theory laden and he shouldn't be because he can do it but you just have to have a different resolution a different way of understanding and framing it and that is the biopsychosocial model it's the best one we've experienced. There may be others, there may be better methods of modeling that that will be developed. Fantastic, I hope that there will be because we will move on in our understanding. 
But Jung was a, was, was a shit hypnotherapist. That's why he gave it up. He had no idea what he was doing. If he, if he had a, 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 a true understanding of the transformational pathways between mind and body, psychoneuroendocrine, psychoneuroimmune, even the acid-base regulation of the body uh, like we've investigated, then he could have done a great deal more with complexes. He could have done a great deal more with psychosocial and, and psychocultural issues as well. But he didn't. He came in to medicine preloaded with issues he'd brought forward with himself as a child. From his father, he had superstitious Christianity. From his mother, he had superstition. And both of those blended together into an interest in the occult, which actually was his doctoral thesis. He was still trying to solve his mother and father complex when he wrote on the psychology and psychopathology of so-called occult phenomenon. That was him trying to solve out his childhood. Then he went into medicine and he became a psychiatrist because he was still trying to sort out his personal equation. And he went to the Bergholzli and he barely hung on to being able to do anything scientifically. He worked with Franz Ricklin and others and he had some really good people working with him, not just Franz Ricklin, Eugen Bleuler, for example, Pierre Janet, people who were interested in dissociation of the mind and how physical symptoms turned up in the body. And then he absorbed all of that and worked with schizophrenics and others, normal people, family problems, and produced his theory of complexes. Everything was great at that point. He was exposed to Freud. He was influenced by Freud. He reciprocally influenced Freud up to a point. And then the division came because Jung started to drift into woo-woo. And Freud drifted into woo-woo all of his own. They were both drifting into woo-woo, you know, getting away from reality. It became critical for Jung 1912, when he broke with Freud, he was already precursing his breakdown. 1913, he slipped over the edge. And when he came out of that, allegedly, he was never the same again. He'd lost his connection to real people. But he, he'd formulated a theory, which was basically a solution to himself. There was such a thing called the animal, it was then a woman. This was part of his attempt to explain his infidelities. And there were loads of them. And how he couldn't settle for just one woman, Emma, whose family provided him with the money and the luxury that he could live in for the rest of his life. So he indulged in that. He got into alchemy as, a, as, a, as he admitted, a projected way of understanding his own process of transformation. You can certainly project that into alchemy and it does, it does mirror that process. And it's a very, very useful projective method for doing that. But it is not the method in itself. The method in itself is real psychological work it is not the projection into the rosarium or any elizabethan 16th century woodcuts or anything like that that's just a projection it's not the thing in itself and the rest of his life was him working out his personal myth everything he did then he never got over his christianity his hypothesis of the self and of it being a monotheistic god if you think about it, was a great way of creating a second sensor within his personality to prevent his ego from fracturing and fragmenting into, into schizophrenia. Mm. If he didn't do that, if he hadn't have drawn his mandalas, if he hadn't have written his red book, and if he hadn't have produced that theory, the idea there is another personality bigger than me that could contain me, he would without doubt have gone insane. And part of that would have been the fact that he worked with unbuffered schizophrenics and he had a fracture line in him that was built on superstition and on Christianity and it took him that way. So he came up with a monotheistic God that was internalized as this, this 
interjected and projected out into the out into the world model of a supraordinate self and he struggled with that for the rest of his life that's why you have the self archetype behind that though in reality we suggest is the genome the thing that produces everything the genomic self and you can then understand what young experienced as a projection of that and it was necessary for him to stay sane controversial i know but that's our view no one has to hold that view explore it for yourself but where we're at now in our developments uh, and with our experience it's pretty obvious that all of his model and all of his fear was an attempt to understand himself the animal and the animus are real but they bottom out as being relating functions fundamentally and the self which he equated and teased people about being a monotheistic god was just the container he built to stop himself from breaking up into ever smaller dissociated sub-personalities, in other words, schizophrenia. His work with complexes was brilliant. His understanding psychologically of psychophysiological downloading was brilliant. His understanding of the psychosocial representation of complexes was brilliant. And then he let the intellectual history of psychology and psychotherapy down by abandoning it. And that's why we're burdened now with behaviorism and cognitive therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy and cognitive analytic therapy and um, all the other shitty variations of that that are separated from physiology completely. That's why we've got the mess we've got. He had the opportunity to put all of that right, but his genius let him down because he went mad or nearly went mad and then had to arrange himself. And he surrounded himself with women. There's this fear of the anima and anima projections. And a lot of them lived like nuns. They married him symbolically. Couldn't have children, couldn't have relationships because they were married to young. You know, it was so perfectly pr protected. There's, there's great gold in there, but there's also a pile of shit as well. And if you follow it, if you're not careful, the guys on the Discord, and some of them are in that state, they just drift into, into fantasy. No wonder they go on about the red book because if they're not careful, they will need one to get some kind of protective armor around themselves from fracturing and dissociating. So I don't want this to be a dogma, you know, it's just, it's our experience and work out your own, please do that. Yeah. You know, if you, if you help other people that I think personally, by my value system, that's a good thing. People do have mythological aspects to their mind. There are deep structures, but they are indistinguishable from instincts when you really get it down. Um, so they're, they're, they're real. Synchronicities do occur, they, or they appear to occur, when you get deep inside the unconscious and so-called paranormal phenomena do seem to occur. They just do, it's bizarre. Um, so on the basis of empiricism, it's best to accept that these things seem to happen when you've sufficient evidence to, to come to that conclusion and not reject them, but not believe in them as being woo-woo, you know. Uh, and also the body is very, very important, very important. And we were discussing this morning about some people, the two that I knew when I was in my police service. Oh, yes. One mm. of them was like the actor Peter Sellers. I don't know if you remember him, who did the original Pink Panther movies. <clears throat> he was a natural comedian. He was so outgoing. Everything was just, he was such a joy to be around this guy, actually. And then he had uh, an accident in the car, police car. Uh, he had a head injury and he disappeared for some months. He came back. He wasn't the same guy. And then oddly, some years later, I'd left the police and Pauline was working in a head injury unit in a hospital. And this, this, this chap came in and he deteriorated still further. That's because he had brain damage. 
He was in a wheelchair, I think, at that point. At that point, yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. He yeah. was such a nice guy. Really nice. You, you, you just like him. You know, he was, anyone would. And it, it shouldn't have happened to somebody like him. But where was his self-archetype? Where was the woo-woo? Why didn't that just rewire his brain? Why? If it's all powerful, if it's some godlike other substance, why couldn't that reverse his brain damage to that extent and just resource everything? Because that's the real substance. It wasn't, it was his brain. His brain was damaged and his personality changed and he deteriorated. And there was another one, a policewoman. Same thing, she had a, she had a crash in a police car, head injury. She appeared to recover, they let her come back and she was driving police cars again, but her personality had changed. It wasn't her anymore. If the self-archetype is everything, why didn't that resource her? And why doesn't that happen in dementia? Why doesn't that happen after strokes? And all the other things. These people who postulate the existence of this other substance, they're deluded. We are physical. We're all of these things, of course. But, you know, biology is so important. We have to come to terms with that.